Hi everyone, welcome back to What's of Tech. We are back in the studio after a couple of episodes with AWS and Money 2020, where we were out on the market. It was a great opportunity for me to meet with companies like Extras, OSL, and BitCup in Bangkok. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we will have a second interview with Money 2020 will be released. I'm very excited for this one. Those interviews uh, with AWS and Money 2020 generate a lot of traction, so thank you very much for following it and liking it. Uh, it's already hard to believe for me that it's one year since I started this long format of interviews, and we have done more than 40 episodes so far. So thank you very much for your support and uh, sharing these interviews with uh, all your connections. And today we have a very poor host uh, person profile, I want to say, on the cybersecurity market in Hong Kong. Ralph, how are you today? Very good, very good. Thank uh, you for having me. I'm very happy to see you because you are part of the FinTech Association of Hong Kong. You are one of the co-chairs there. And uh, since one year, you have done a lot uh, for the FinTech Association. So it's a great pleasure to see you here and uh, happy to discuss a bit more about your profile. Looking forward. Um, every time we uh, someone comes to that podcast, I try to ask them to introduce themselves with their own words. Where are they from? What they have done before? And what brings them to the entrepreneurship? Definitely. We'd love to share that. And congrats on the mile. Milestone of uh, after one year. Thank you very much. A bit of my background. Um, so um, I used to be in the world of big four. Uh, I started my career back in uh, Canada with Deloitte. Um, started off as an intern, uh, made my way up, fast tracked, and after a couple of years, I got the opportunity to actually move to Hong Kong. And uh, within with Deloitte, I moved and I became uh, the director leading in building the cyber analytics for Hong Kong and Macau. After also fast-tracking my career, I was uh, fortunate enough to be a selected part of the Partnership Readiness School, uh, a big milestone for me in my career. And that's where I started also pivoting and starting to change, like, okay, what do I want to do next? Um, and as, as you mentioned, in the world of cybersecurity, it's evolving very quickly. And for me, it was a question of, okay, I need to go and explore uh, the world of entrepreneurship, the world of startups, but more interestingly, building software. And that's where um, Owlgaze came about. And I'll share a bit more um, later during the podcast, but um, ventured off and went into the world of entrepreneurship while staying involved in other um, associations, communities, just like you said, the FinTech Association, also the Canadian Chamber of Commerce in, in Hong Kong and several other ones. Um, before we go to your missions and what you are doing with your company, can you share maybe something that people don't know about you? For example, for me, it took me like six months to understand you are a French speaker as well. Indeed, uh, the, the French accents for some people is more obvious than others. Yeah, uh, mine. <laughs> um, so uh, talking about languages, maybe that's also something that uh, very few people know, but I actually speak four languages uh, fluently. Uh, obviously, uh, English, French, uh, Armenian, and Arabic as well. And this is something I've always had uh, when growing up, uh, being in, in surroundings that you mix all three languages, all four languages sometimes. And as much as it is in, in my in my fifth year now in Hong Kong, the Cantonese is a bit harder to pick up than uh, other languages. <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> I spent like almost 10 years here and I just know like the bad words. So. <laughs> Could you explain briefly what you're doing with your company and what is the mission you want to achieve? Definitely. And, and that's uh, also echoing what I said in the world of, of Big Four. So um, the world of consulting is, is quite broad. Uh, obviously, if you start looking at cybersecurity, it could be also very broad. Um, you could be on the, on the consulting side or developing software. Um, so what we ventured out 
to build is a, a cybersecurity software, an enterprise level, so it's a B2B software. And um, our focus and mission is really how do we, one, contribute in helping organizations be proactive in detecting attacks rather than reactive. And also um, part of the, the culture and, and mission of Algaze is also how do we start disrupting the market and bringing innovation in the world of cyber with the latest technologies, AI, and, and all those. Perfect, perfect. And where came the name? The, the name was one of the uh, exciting back and forth long journey to find it um, because as much as it is, whether it's the brand or the product name, it's it's essential and being able to nail it off the bat is something um, good. Uh, we, it took us a, lot, a long time. And um, so the company is called Owl Gaze. And um, in the world of animals, let's say, owl is one of the animals that um, is a bird that is awake at night. <laughs> and gaze is someone that's looking and gazing. Uh, and the, the philosophy behind it is we're there to be an extension um, to the company and be the eyes uh, and lookout of anyone trying to do any harm for you guys. And uh, an, an owl also does rotate 360. So being able to look and monitor for you guys. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> you, you have a lot of definitions. For me, it took me, I think, like six or eight months to find the name of what the fintech as well. So it's a lot it's of It's tough, yeah. It's tough. Um, I would like to see what is the core services and solution that you are developing. And if you can highlight like some enabled business to maintain the robust security, how do you do it? Yeah. Um, in, in the world of cyber, there, there are many pillars, uh, many aspects uh, and layers of cybersecurity. Um, and at the end of the day, there's always a foundation of um, concepts that is applicable to any industry, whether you're in, in fintech, whether you're in the blockchain web three, whether you're in hospitality, you name it, the foundation is, is always there. And our service, uh, our product, which is called Blacklight, and I could give you a bit of the uh, um, idea behind that name in a bit, but uh, what Blacklight does is proactively um, monitor and start detecting early signs of um, an attack happening. An attack could be uh, a company being um, attacked from the outside in, meaning either your competitors, hackers trying to do malicious things, just like uh, the internal staff who's potentially doing something bad, exfiltrating data or doing harm internally. So our software is, um, it falls under the category of an SIM, so a security information event management generates, gathers all the logs of the ecosystem of the client, using AI, finds patterns of something bad um, that started to happen, and we raise and bring it to the client's notification before it actually happens. Perfect, perfect. And every time there's that question also asked to all entrepreneurs, what uh, makes your company so unique on the market and what makes this different from other competitors? Because we can see a lot of names of cybersecurity companies everywhere in the world, but also here in Hong Kong. 100%. And, and the thing is, whether you're in cyber or any other industry, many competitors out there. Uh, but the, the reality is you have to look at the, the segment within cybersecurity. I think at a high level, there's probably over a dozen different segments. And even within that, there are very successful companies, just like the ones that have limited features and functionality. So what made us unique, and, and this is something that was very important off the bat, is we need a solid founding team. And for me, founding team is the, the founders that bring not just capital or just uh, on paper experience. It's 
founders that have hands-on experience. Um, veterans, not uh, people that have five minutes of experience, um, and uh, they're willing to put the effort to build this, but more importantly, that they believe in what they're building. And that is something that I truly believe part of um, our gaze, the, the founding team was an essential part of the growth, mm-hmm. uh, especially developing the product, our software, um, where our angle was, we're not going to base it on theory. We're actually going to base it on practice using theory, basically leveraging all the hands-on experience we have back, whether it's in the worlds of big fours or industry, and bring that to um, the development of the software and how to make our um, R&D process more efficient. And more importantly, our product market fit to be uh, achieved from day one. Obviously, in the world of software, you have to continuously develop and in the world of cybersecurity as well because or else you're outdated very quickly. Um, there's a lot of features and functionalities and, and the way it's architected that allows us to be that differentiator. But more importantly, it's also we understand the current players on the market in our segment and how they work and what are the pain points that clients face. And that's where we started off in terms of building this. Do you create tailor-made solutions for your customers or do you have like a generati- generic approach for all of them and you deliver the same services? So the the, the foundation of cybersecurity and, and the general models, uh, for us, we always align to the industry best practices and, and frameworks. So there's that core element that is applicable to all companies. Um, for example, detecting if someone's trying to steal information as an employee. No matter what sector you are, it's going to be applicable. Now, the um, additional complexity of a certain client in a certain industry, that's where we start also leveraging what we call CTI, Cyber Threat Intelligence. That's where we start gathering intel of, okay, is there a certain industry that's being targeted more than others? Is there a certain country that's being targeted more than others? And and recently, for example, we'll take the um, uh the example of um, the the blockchain um, industry um, and how North Korea is one that has been tar- uh, using the blockchain companies as targets. And for them, for example, what we provide is a state-sponsored type of Intel and how do we integrate that into uh, our software. Okay, interesting. I had that question uh, I want to ask you, but you already shared a bit uh, of the story with me. But do you have any other like success story or case studies that illustrate the impact of your company? You just share with the, the blockchain, but I'm not sure if you have like yeah. another one. Uh, I have I have another one that was one of our um, initial clients, um, a national energy provider. So it's in the utilities energy sector, and um, the success story for me is uh, a few aspects. There is always where what does the client want. How can we deliver that? And one thing for, for us uh, across um, everything we do, quality is important. Uh, we cannot jeopardize anything, cut corners on quality. We really need to focus on that. And one of the success stories we have with um, with this company is where um, the, the head of cyber and the CISO, the chief information security officer, every time we have our quarterly meetings or monthly meetings, they, they tell us genuinely, this is value added to us, meaning whether it's the the reports, the metrics we share, the insights we share, they're all actionable because in in the world of cyber, um, time is of the essence. You have to provide something that uh, one, brings them value and two, they could take it and action it. That's very important. So um, in in general, 
cybersecurity, we're, we always become an extension to a client or a, a team within the company, and we need to add value. So another of the, the success stories, so other than um, being proactive of bringing insight to our clients, it's also the quality we provide and the um, level of industry expertise that is also reflected in, in our software. Perfect, perfect. Um, I have some questions about your solution. You, you mentioned Blacklight. Blacklight, yeah. But um, one quick question before this one is, how do you iterate your solutions? Do you do different phases? Do you take also like, uh, I don't know, uh, do you do like some panel with some of your customers? Do you do some uh, interview with them? Or do you just uh, improve from all the tools you're adding and you just try to improve the UI UX? Um, I'll put it in three categories. One is for us, development is continuous. And uh, I continuously push the team of what's the next big thing? What do we need to look at? Whether it's models, whether it's the AI algorithms, what's the next big thing? Because there's a lot of innovation and technology, but more importantly is how do we include this into our product? So the development is something we continuously push. The other aspect is um, the different changes, whether it's the regulatory landscape that changes that can we do anything to adapt to that or bring more value? Um, uh, are there new frameworks or industry insights that we could leverage into it? So there's that aspect. And three, um, it's a continuous approach of we have a, a team, but also an extended network of veterans in the world of cybersecurity. So picking their brains, getting their insight, this is something very valuable. And especially in, in the world of, of startup, when you're building a software, getting feedback from clients, getting feedback from uh, veterans that have been doing this um, and just keep on improving the product. That's always an important aspect. What we do also at DBS, uh, I do like continuous discovery with my team. We also do like interview of customers, uh, interesting, interesting point of view. So you, you mentioned about Blacklight before. I would like to, to come back about this product because it's one of the products you yep. uh, highlight on your website and also yep. on your LinkedIn. Yep. Could you elaborate a bit more on what it brings to, to your customers, but also why that solution is so great? Definitely. So um, I'll start off by giving you a bit where the name came from as well. So just like AUG is uh, quite unique, uh, Blacklight for, for us, it's really the concept of um, Blacklight is used for forensics, uh, police, CIA, when they need to start uncovering things that you can't see with regular light and you have to use that black light to start seeing fingerprints and all that. So it's the same concept in the world of cyber. So for us, Blacklight is that tool that's going to go look into your ecosystem, your environment, and start finding things that are bad. Um, and unfortunately or fortunately for, for us, the fact that it pushes us to build this, um, attackers, hackers nowadays are very sophisticated. Uh, back a couple of years ago, they would have been very obvious of here, we're doing a lot of noise. It's almost hard to miss them. But nowadays, attackers could be in your environment for uh, three months, six months, years sometimes. And that's where um, the gap was on the market of how do you start looking at longer attacks and longer behaviors. So what does Blacklight do? It's a predictive AI-based uh, threat detection tool, meaning it's going to start looking and start correlating all the different logs within your environment. What are logs? Logs could be uh, your firewall network, your email security information, your um, identity and access management, who has access to what, and uh, various different security solutions. So in the world of cyber, there are, like I said earlier, there are many segments. Each are doing one specific aspect of cyber, and so there are a lot of vendors and products 
that are doing extremely well. But their focus is just that. For example, one is identity and access management. I'm just going to look at who has access to what, and I'm going to manage that. The other one is email security. The other one is firewall, endpoint, and all that. Our product, Blacklight, is that command center for the organization where you start integrating and ingesting, pushing all the logs into that centralized pool and starts creating a data lake. And we use AI to start finding patterns. And um, the, the concept of AI, it's being thrown left and right on PowerPoint slides and all that. And um, there's a lot of clients that are asking us, like, okay, what's, what's your AI? What's his AI? Like, and it was very important for us part of the architecture to have it embedded. So there's a lot of different aspects as well, but the core one being we use AI to look at this large volume of data from various sources, various inputs and information and start finding patterns. And patterns are usually deviations of um, a baseline uh, or a combination of different things that when you put them together, all of a sudden, you know what? This person is actually doing something bad. Maybe for uh, for simplicity, I'll give an example of one of our simple uh, models is how can you detect if um, an employee is trying to exfiltrate data? It, unfortunately, it's, it's common where someone wasn't happy, they didn't get the bonus they wanted and found a job at their competitor. Mm -hmm. So what they do is start downloading a lot of documents, a lot of um, uh, files, folders that are going to be useful for them into their next role. So let's say Ralph is working in a company and all of a sudden uh, Ralph starts downloading a lot of things. And usually Ralph's behavior, he doesn't do download. So that's one tick. Like, okay, there's something wrong there. And then we start noticing Ralph is sending emails um, that has large attachments. And usually Ralph doesn't use a lot of attachments. Uh, so that's another uh, behavior to, to notice. In addition to that, these emails could go from example from his corporate email to a Gmail account or from your corporate to your competitor's domain. So these are things that if you start putting them together, it uh, creates a story. And after a certain time, next thing you know, in this HR system, you have uh, Ralph has one month notice. So the thing is, in, in the softwares that are on the market currently in the world of SIM, they're all reactive. The data has been exfiltrated. It's done. The employee is gone. You can't do anything. Uh, so what we do is once we start seeing these behaviors that and in, the, in a sequence of an attack or a hack, there's a number of activities that happen. So we know these and we've modeled these that for this attack to happen, the, attack, the hacker does this followed by this and this and this. So once we start seeing that early signs of these are actually happening, that's where we notify the client saying, okay, we already saw this um, and this is part of an attack, action it block the user, do this, whatever it is. So we're really bringing that proactive approach of detection. And the proactive approach is using AI and, and finding that pattern in a large quantity of data. Two things. One, you're super passionate about it. <laughs> like, man, your eyes are shining. Thank you. Two, it's a picture I have in mind is the movie with uh, Tom Cruise, Minority Report, yeah. when you try to uh, Pretty much. prevent like any crime. Pretty much. Um, okay. Uh, it was very interesting. Um, one of my questions would be like, how your customer and clients uh, react when they first experience this kind of solution here? Um, so this type of software has been on the market for over two decades. But okay. the thing is, it didn't evolve as quickly and it didn't um, 
address all the pain points, whether it's from an architecture perspective, whether it's how do you increase the efficiency of your team or how do you use AI? So there's always been a, a few pain points. One of the pain points being cost where these softwares are very expensive. So it was a question of how can we bring all this um, benefit to our client from cost saving, from uh, being able to improve efficiency, being proactive and all that. And the, the clients that um, we, we serve and, and help is, okay, we're going to look at it because when I start working with a client, it's a long-term partnership. I don't want that one-off project. It's for us, how do we keep on improving together and growing together? But the reality is in the world of cyber, um, cyber is always in the background and it's an insurance. You never know when that investment you did is going to pay off. And that's where we also bring that to our client in terms of um, how does uh, the head of cyber or the CISO justify an investment to the CFO or the CEO that maybe is not very um, knowledgeable in the world of cyber. So we really bring it in the sense like, okay, <clears throat> we told you there's this potential uh, attack that's going to happen. Stop it. So now you stopped it and everything's stopped at that point. But the the real question that these people have to ask themselves, like if we didn't notify you, if Blacklight and, and Algae's team didn't notify you, what would have been the impact? Mm -hmm. And the impact could be huge from financial losses to legal pursuits to regulatory um, impact and to brand reputation. So a lot of uh, teams uh, start catering, okay, how does cyber impact the risk and the company itself? Because you, we see it almost every day, whether it's in the hospitality, for example. Last year, almost all hotels, the Marriott, the IHG, the um, Hilton, they were all breached. Uh, the um, blockchain industry in, in Web3, last year it was estimated the financial losses due to cyber breaches or cyber hacks was $4 billion US. It's huge. And if you think about it, one hack for an early stage company could basically tell, uh, be the, the end of that startup because they can't afford paying the ransom or whatever it is. So what we really help our clients and bring the value is that proactive approach of better be safe than sorry. Um, I don't know if you look at the French news sometimes or time to times, but last year, some hospital in France were yeah. attacked by Russian, I think, or like people yeah. from uh, East European. And they asked for a million dollars just to uh, give access back to the data. So they had to do everything manually again. Yeah, it was actually um, uh, UK and France. They were uh, both targeted uh, the hospital uh, industry, the, the healthcare. It's it's a huge, because if you look at um, the PHI, personal health information data, mm -hmm. it's very expensive on the dark web. People are actually buying that. And you, you, people buy it for different reasons. Some it's just, uh, obviously everything is criminal, but... Uh, some people are actually using it to forge and do fraud. Uh, some people could also be using it uh, to start blackmailing others. So depending on the extent, it could have a, a big impact. So the, the message I tell a lot of our clients, like no matter what industry you are, there's someone that wants the information or someone wants to do harm to you. And harm is maybe stealing your client's information. Maybe it's a question of, I'm just going to disrupt your operations. So you can't function for a week, two weeks, months until you recover. Um, just because, you know what, it's going to cost you financial impact and brand and all that. So there are different, different reasons why. Perfect. Uh, you give me already like a lot of answers to some of my questions. So I won't ask all of them. But um, if we speak about innovation and technology, mm -hmm. and then we try just to, to gather yep. a bit all of them. 
talk about how you iterate with your teams, uh, what is the net big things, mm -hmm. how you bring them um, to implement the new solutions. You, I would like just to ask you, like, how do you identify those things? For example, like cutting edge AI technology. How do you streamline that uh, technology into your process mm -hmm. and workflow and deliver the project with it? Yeah. Um, few few things that we consider. So again, going back on on the tone that we as as the the founders and leadership we set is we push the boundary. So we push our team because we want them to learn more and we want to give them that flexibility of go and and find something new. So there's always that mindset of what's next big thing. Anything that becomes routine is is not part of our our culture. So there's that. Uh, whether it's the next. Um, Cyber threats, just like the AI. I'm, I'm going to emphasize a bit on the AI because it's it's a hot topic across all industries between the recent news and the huge investments into AI. And the, the reality is the last couple of years, um, AI has been thrown left and right, put on prior PowerPoint presentation. But if you look under the cover of the software, it's not there. And um, we face that challenge because uh, clients, um, investors, they're all asking, okay, what's, what's AI? And the fact that we take it to the next level of one, we start telling you and explaining you the AI models, the, the different algorithms we have and the architecture that's built behind it. And this is just an AI architecture. So we start um, uh, explaining all this. And obviously we have AI engineer part of um, the team. Um, and in addition to that is like, okay, we're going to take it two steps uh, more. One, how do you, make it obvious on the uh, software, on Blacklight, that this was what the AI detected specifically. So that's where we started also looking at how does the UI UX work with the AI and the output. And lastly, that's probably uh, one of the, the milestones we, uh, we crossed recently is uh, we started uh, filing for a patent for our AI algorithms. And this is something that one reflects the fact that not only we've actually built uh, something behind the AI, but it's also something that um, we truly believe is, is a differentiator and want to emphasize it into our software and have it embedded in it. So uh, filing uh, for a patent was uh, something that we've been discussing for a while internally, but now it's a question, it makes sense. So basically you anticipate the, the hype on AI before yes. it happened. Well, yeah. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, do you have any like, any recent or upcoming product features that you are very excited and you can share with us? The the roadmap of features and functionality is is something that we continuously build um, and start planning and obviously um, always adapt to what what's the priorities and all that. But for us now, it's definitely the uh, the AI models that we're continuously building. And there's a few other features, um, the uh, cyber threat intelligence and uh, without going too technical, we've also embedded a lot of features that improve efficiency for teams. And these are things that you'll only realize or see once you start using it. Because as much as I could talk to you about the detection, the AI and AI, but there's other things that make the tool and our software powerful for, for organizations. And when I say organizations, it could be um, them using it and running it internally, just like there are um, managed service providers, MSSPs, that are basically um, uh, outsource providers for companies to basically manage this. And for us, it's how do we make them efficient as well so they provide better services to their clients. 
Perfect, perfect. Um, is your team based here in Hong Kong or do you have like also teammates across the world? Now we can see that with remote uh, working, yeah. uh, it's possible to have teammates everywhere in the world. Uh, so the, the team is spread between um, Hong Kong, London and Australia. Okay. Um, and uh, for us, it was a question of finding the right talent uh, wherever they are in the world. And that's why it was always tough to find good developers. Um, how do you define good? That's very subjective to, to each his own, but for us, quality is very important, but also mindset. Um, because uh, one, one challenge entrepreneurs face is how do you convince someone to join a startup? And you want this person to be there not just for a couple of months and then they're going to hop around. So there's a bit more than just hiring someone. There's the credentials on CV. That's one thing. There's how does this person express themselves and justify what's on the CV? And especially when, in our case, um, whether it's um, the, in general, the engineering profiles, um, masters or PhDs, like, okay, are you leaning more on academia or you actually have practice as well? So looking, evaluating all that. And an important factor is, is mindset and culture. How does this person fit into our team? Uh, are they going to be a team member and help grow or is siloed? Um, and it, the culture is very important at the beginning of a startup. Definitely. Um, by having people here in Hong Kong, in Australia and London, does uh, this impact your strategy for global expansion or do you focus really your uh, mission on some countries like Hong Kong or maybe other markets? Yeah. Um, so two aspects. From, from a, there's the team from a development perspective mm -hmm. and that is something where if um, in, in general they're primarily in, in uh, London, uh, Hong Kong and we, we want to expand further um, skill set as well across um, Australia, but the expansion in terms of business and growth. So uh, we we're fortunate enough to have uh, clients globally already, but our primary focus in terms of uh, market are uh, APAC, whether it's um, Hong Kong, Singapore, Southeast Asia, um, Australia, and New Zealand, and obviously uh, having footprint in in London um, gives us that UK Europe. And with my recent trip to uh, Dubai. Um, the, the MENA region is something that's exponentially growing, um, whether you're in the fintech world, but other uh, sectors as well. That's another area that uh, we're going to be growing in. And how do you navigate between the regulation and all the risks from all those countries? So we, we, reg we navigate by helping our clients um, be able to comply to these. Um, I'll give you maybe two examples. One of them is... Um, the type of software we have, uh, and if a client has global footprint, they need to consolidate all this information. And whether you have uh, operations US and Europe, let's just say. Uh, Europe has its GDPR, um, US has their own uh, data protection uh, laws, and it's how do I gain global visibility while not breaching any of those? And that goes back to the pain point that we address part of the architecture. So our architecture actually helps them comply to that, tick the box to that. And this is at the data protection uh, level, but also from um, um, the day-to-day, -day, it also allows them to have a more cost-effective approach to it. Uh, the architecture allows them to really reduce cost. The other aspect, which is maybe to your earlier point of roadmap, what do we do, how do we help, is with the recent um, regulations in Dubai, for the virtual assets with VERA, uh, Virtual Asset Regulatory Authority. Um, they have a number of uh, requirements 
In addition to that, they have requirements when it comes to cybersecurity. One, having uh, a CISO uh, role to look at cybersecurity. And two, do, to be able to have that log management tool to start consolidating your logs. So uh, the, the, that's a bit of a unique positioning we have uh, to be able to address that, both from the, the CISO as a service, but more importantly, from a tech perspective, we could help them address that in terms of regulations. Uh, I need to comply to Vera from a security standpoint. We're your uh, business partners. We'll help you do that. Same thing now with Hong Kong as well, that uh, with the, the recent announcement, it's going to be similar where cybersecurity is one of their requirements and we'll be able to help these companies uh, tick the box. I would like to come back to a couple of points of this interview because yes. you spoke about like strong partnership, long-term commitment yep. with corporate, right? Now you are speaking about those different regulations from Dubai and from Hong Kong. Yep. What have you learned from all those partnership with, for example, Vara, with Hong Kong SFC or with uh, uh, corporate where you are working with them for a couple of years? The the lesson learned is be flexible, be agile, and find solutions for them. For them, um, because these these new companies, the startup early stage, or even the established ones that are now expanding into um, into uh, Dubai. Um, if I'm not mistaken, recently I, the the one I just read was Coinbase that's uh, expanding even further there. Um, they need to adapt to that, and it has to happen quick. We we live in a generation, an era that if you're not quick, you're missing the boat. So the partnership and the mindset we have is what differentiates us because the, the client has, they could go to any vendor, any software, they could find it. But what's more than that is the, the professionalism and the experience we bring of adapting to help you one, stay secure, but while being able to continue your business and expand because as they expand, we expand. So our partnerships are very important. Um, how we work with clients, uh, like I said, for us, it's always long-term. And we help them really address them and not hurdle it, but bring them really um, an action to execute quicker. And if you have the chance to work with one organization or individual in the world, who would be it? That's that's the uh, that's a tough question. But I'll, I'll put it more into, um, and the, the more you get into the world of entrepreneurship, uh, founders, for me, it's um, being able to pick um, successful founders' brain, mm -hmm. uh, get their lessons learned. Uh, many successful uh, founders, veterans now across in in the um, uh, in the U.S. So being surrounded by individuals that have hands-on experience in entrepreneurship and founders that have potentially also exited or are on the verge, there are a lot of lessons learned to take. And I always, uh, in in my entire career. I always used to ask the partners in, in the world of Big Four, what's a lesson learned that you have that I could use to fast track my career? So it's the same uh, idea where if I'm surrounded by individuals, there's always something I could learn, whether it's on the business side or how to deal with an individual, for example. Perfect, perfect. Um, we spoke about a lot of things. I had like many questions, but you know, uh, some of your answers are already great and I don't want to come back to these ones. So maybe uh, before we... We finish. We close this uh, interview. Yep. Uh, I can ask you about the future. We spoke about the past, the present. So, what is the vision for your company? Where do you see yourself going in the next couple of maybe months, year, mm -hmm. or five years time from now? Uh, one thing's for sure is growth. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, it's all a question of growth, both at the individual level 
um, our team, uh, even pushing them to the next level from a software perspective of how do we start shifting the needle in terms of innovation? How do we incorporate it part of it? And one thing that um, we really focus is how do we make it adaptable? I'll come back to one aspect around how does blockchain fit into all this. Um, and the other one is also a question of uh, growing our, continue growing our footprint. So the MENA region is something that um, is going to happen uh, soon and uh, to, to help a lot of the companies that are either going to establish there or that are already established. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, I think it's most of uh, <laughs> most of my questions for today. Uh, thank Excellent. you very much for sharing everything with us. I still have like two or three questions, but it's mostly like related to uh, where uh, we can learn more about Olga's uh, sure. uh, black uh, black light, sorry, and yourself. Uh, best way to reach out to me, whether it's through uh, uh, LinkedIn, um, would be happy to connect, and obviously uh, the the contact form on our website, so algaze.com. Um, but personally, more than happy to, to share my insights and help anyone. So feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. Do you do you also produce sometimes some uh, some content? Yes. So we we do uh, insights um, and reports. So a few ones were around uh, how do you secure the blockchain, who secures the blockchain. So there's a few things that you could also find on our website under the insights. Um, and we always try to bring uh, and educate as much as we can and contribute back. Do you have like any recommendation for books, podcasts, or blog uh, looking at cybersecurity or entrepreneurship? Cybersecurity, it's it's a it's a beast. Um, and my my advice, depending on where you are in your career stage and all that, uh, it's always a hands-on experience. Always surround yourself by people who have hands-on experience. And coming from the world of Big Four, I know consultants uh, don't. There are consultants that do more than PowerPoint presentations. And these are the people that you learn the most out of it. In terms of entrepreneurship um, type of podcast, one that I've I recently uh, been enjoying a lot is called the All In Podcast, mm -hmm. um, where it's veterans in, in the world of VCs and entrepreneurs and um, very insightful and education of how to sometimes uh, also learn where's their mindset and all that and how to pivot. And uh, one book that's uh, still resonates with me is uh, the hard things uh, about hard stuff. Um, it's it's a good story to, to listen to and it's the hard things are tough in the world of uh, entrepreneurship. Perfect. Thank you very much for today. It was a pleasure to have you here. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Thank it you. was another episode of What the Fintech. Uh, feel free to reach out uh, for more information and you can contact Ralph if you want more information about his company. Ciao, bye-bye.